listening to the Jisco Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Wyatt, from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. And I'm TJ Jeskowitz from Rangbrook. And we are here live in Sioux City, Iowa, to talk about bicycling just for the fun of it. There's going to be tales from bicycling all across the Siouxland area. And uh, we're going to be joined by guests each week to talk about the social side of, of bicycling. So come for the bike, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. Welcome to Sioux yeah. City. Yeah, and this is the happy hour edition of the Just Go Bike Podcast. <laughs> we are here at, at the bar at the Stony Creek Inn. So if you happen to hear some glasses clinking, those are not ours by any, right. any stretch of the imagination. We are working hard on this podcast for your enjoyment. But we happened to be in a bar because that was the only place we could plug in. And, right. and uh, so that was why we chose the bar to broadcast our podcast from. Yeah, church was full. Yeah, it was. We couldn't get in there. It's got Tuesday services. So, yeah, no, I'm excited. Uh, the Tourism Conference is here. One of those annual opportunities where we get to talk to people outside the box for bicycling, but still like what bicycling does for tourism, right? Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of towns have come a long way understanding that bike tourism could could be big business. I know years ago, well, a couple years ago, you did a survey um, saying about a million dollars a day is spent mm-hmm. on, on bicycling, um, tourism, all that kind of bicycling stuff that, that is brought into the state of Iowa. So I think people understand that it's not a small number. It's a big number. Yeah. Well, and they also, I mean, you, you, Greg, had a survey before us, and, and you're what, 25 million per for yeah. a year for the week of Ragbra? I mean, that's a huge number, but it's also a fraction of what bicycling, it's 10% of, sure. of the year. So that's, uh, it's an awesome opportunity. Ragbra is, is really great, it's really an intense infusion into the state, but the whole picture is yeah. huge too. Yeah. And, and that's what we try to, try to instill. But, you tend to get the attention during the tourism conference. I'm just hanging on to your coattails. Well, this is kind of the last stab for people to, you know, say, hey, I want you to think about our town. We've got a great, you know, opportunity for you in, in 2018. So mm-hmm. why don't you think about our town? So it'll be great to see some old friends here, meet some new ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of sad because our buddy uh, has left one of the <laughs> posts, our buddy Aaron Buzza, who used to be at the Waterloo Convention and Visitor Bureau, moved down south to Georgia. Uh, the neat thing about Aaron or Buzz was he would set the line on the right. towns, and um, he would have the you know the odds on favorite would be this town for you know the absolute favorite, and all the way down to absolutely no chance whatsoever. Um, you know, pack your bags, you're not getting it. So, so uh, it, it, this will be the first tourism conference mm-hmm. without odds maker Aaron Buzza. We have a whole lot of new people. Well, we have to have a whole lot of new people, but because all of our old people are gone, so. Carrie from Carrie Dene from uh, Clinton. She's not going to be yep. here. Um, Lori Heyman from Iowa City sure. Corville. She's a regular here. Uh, Doug Wilson from Perry. He's not doing that chamber no. thing anymore. No. Bob Wilson. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Bob Wilson. So we're going to have a lot of new faces at this conference. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have to make friends. Well, it's it's good opportunity. You know, yeah. with some new blood coming in, um, talking about bike tourism, getting in front of them, mm-hmm. and just talking about, you know, obviously, you know, Ragbri is one thing that they'll want to talk about, but there's other events that, that you know, we've popped up a couple of events lately. If you think about, you know, Pigtails and Bacoon mm-hmm. Ride, those are two events right there that 
absolute bike tourism because they're bringing in lots of people from outside our state and they're traveling to bike and we're seeing that all over the state not just not just the events that we're putting on but there's some great events out there right so last week we talked that we had a survey that we sent out this is our annual iowa bicyclist survey which is is pretty cool um we ask a lot of questions about the organization are you a member if you're not why uh, but we also asked some other interesting questions that give us some some ability to to look at things from a year-to-year basis. And one of the questions we asked was, how often have you been passed by a vehicle that was so close it was unsafe? And this is interesting. That number went down this year hmm. by about 5-6%. And uh, I think our statistical relevance or or margin of error is about 2%. So that put us, that's an interesting thing. Is it safer out there or is it not safer out there? Hmm. What what kind of numbers came back as people that got buzzed? What kind of percent were we talking here? Uh, 69.1%. Wow. Still still pretty high. Yeah, but it's a it's a good trend if it is going down. If people are feeling a little safer, mm-hmm. um, I, I know for a while there was a trend that people weren't feeling safe at all getting out on the roads, and they're sticking mainly to trails and maybe gravel or or not as highly trafficked roads. So good to hear that number's going down. But you bring up an interesting point because that was the other question is that we asked where do you prefer to ride, and the county roads part is is one of the answers. That went down Hmm. by about 6%. Okay. Uh, Trail usage, still pretty high. Um, But uh, I'm looking up the numbers here. Um, Yeah, that was, so County Roads is in third. Local Streets is first. They're about neck and neck, but 36%. So it's kind of around that margin of error. It was about 40% last year. So we're down about 4.5% or 3.5%. I don't want to say that's significant. I think that's a fluctuation in time, and it could be a fluctuation of who's answering the questions. Sure. Um, we had a lot more people take the the uh, survey this year. That was another thing that came up is, is this year compared to last year. I think last year we had about 62% of people that took the survey rode at least three days a week. Mm-hmm. That number dropped to about 50%. So mm-hmm. a little different population. Um, but we added the, uh, what type of bike do you ride? Hmm. Uh, what type of bike do you own? Okay. Uh, road bike still number one, 82 and 83%. What bikes you own that you told your wife about or what bikes right. do you what own? The value is. Okay. All right. Just, the just checking. actual value. All right. Yeah. No, uh, no. So road bike is, is the top one. Okay. And everybody, every 82, 83% of people have a road sure. bike. A um, couple ones that surprised me. Fat bike went up the list, thirteen percent. Wow, that's a pretty sizable. You bet. Amount gravel bikes uh, about twelve percent. So that really spe- that's a really so twenty five percent of the bikes according to that were fat bikes and gravel bikes that were coming back thirteen and twelve and right. that's that's a quarter of the bikes out there that's. That's good. I bet, you know, five years ago, you wouldn't have numbers like that. Well, you could pick more than one response. So you okay. could have a road bike and a gravel bike. Okay, gotcha. still those numbers. Still good. That's still good. And, and this is the other one that's interesting. We added it this year. Uh, e-bike. Yeah. Uh, almost 2%. Okay. So I think we got a growing population of e-bikes. 
What's, uh, what's the RAGBRAI stance on e-bikes? Have you taken one? Yeah. You know, the, the thing that's important to us is, is the bicycle street legal. Mm-hmm. And that's the only quantifier. Mm-hmm. So if the bike can, can legally be on the road, we're okay with it. Right. And the, the reason, um, I, I think over time our views have, have shifted. And I, I think there's been a lot of, oh, I would say kind of lobbying effort on the national part to try to make e-bikes a little bit more acceptable. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really hit home with, with quite a few people. The thing that really stood out to me was... Uh, I would get an email from from a young lady that said, hey, I would really love to ride with my father who's ridden 30 rag brides. He can't do the hills anymore because he's 75 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, when you hear stories like that, I mean, it's not a 25-year-old that says, I just want to go faster. Sure. So the, the purpose of the e-bike, can, can they extend, um, you know, their 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 longevity on the bicycle? I think that's a really good thing. If we, mm-hmm. we're talking about getting more butts in the saddle, to have a family ride together, I think is a really good thing. So my, my stance and Ragbrite's stance on e-bikes are, hey, we welcome them. So in this state, anything with, uh, I think it's a 750-watt motor, which is about a horsepower or so. Sure. Um, you know, it has to have a seat. It has to have pedals. It's a bike. Yep. And, and Definition of Iowa code. So, yeah. and that, and you know, look it up, you know, 321, I believe. I, <laughs> I don't want to spat it off like Joe Friday here, but uh, <laughs> but I believe it's Iowa code 321. It, it is in this section 321. You right. are correct. Um, we also asked about taxes, and I think we talked about it a little bit mm, last little bit. time. Uh, big concerns for bicyclists. About half of them said, I'm concerned because I already pay sales tax, income tax, property tax, uh, fuel tax with your car, and you have a driver's license. You're paying all the taxes. So just because you fill up in, well, I filled up in Iowa City mm-hmm. and drove to Sioux City. I don't pay tax in every one of the counties that I went no. to. There's a formula that distributes that. So I I think we're still really concerned. It's, it wasn't a suggestion that that's something we're going to advocate for. We wanted to know what bicyclists yeah. thought. And I think they really told us. There's a lot of people that think that they can buy their way into respect, and I get that. Mm-hmm. I totally get that. Um, I just don't think it's going to work that yeah. way. I'm kind of in a wait-and-see approach. I know there's a couple other guinea pigs out there that have kind of floated this idea. and um, Not that I want to be compared to, to Oregon and most things mm-hmm. here, but I, I'd like to take a look at how that comes about and how that works, the sure. reaction of the cyclist, and and is it actually doing what, what they intended it to do? Is it right. going into the right pockets and all that? So I, I'd like to see a kind of a wait-and-see approach to see if it's if it's got some merit and, yep. you know, if it's something that, that might work in the state of Iowa after, the, after those other states run it up the flagpole, let's see what we get. So the Oregon one's completely different than Iowa's situation. So Oregon doesn't have a sales tax on anything. Sure but bicycles and now it's 15 bucks for a bicycle in iowa you know we got seven percent sales tax in most places so it's 70 dollars on a thousand dollar bicycle could be more if you spend more on your bike so it's already more here yep. we can't tack so 200 dollar bike in iowa is yep. the same as buying a five thousand dollar bike in, in oregon sure when it's all said and done sure hmm yeah so yeah we gotta we gotta think that out and, yeah and i think we're I think we're okay in the system that we're at. Let's uh, leave it local. Uh, let locals deal with the registration. I, I do. This is the only one benefit that I see out of, of some sort of statewide system is for stolen bikes. 
there's really no interoperability between at a lot of places a lot of cities are keeping them on index cards so if the bike gets stolen they look up the number mm-hmm. that doesn't do any good yeah uh, you know, nobody can get on the computer and look. But there's some private systems like National Bike Registry or, or uh, one of the... There's a couple of them out there that you can register your bike. If it gets stolen, the cops can look. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. We've got some good data. It's going to be interesting to compare it back. It's going to be interesting to crunch the numbers and see what we have for people's ages. And, and we've done some estimates on income levels and things like that. And if we can put that together and get kind of an idea you know a profile of what bicyclists look like in this state I think yeah that's important yeah sounds good well another thing we got coming up we are heading south down to florida again st pete beach is hosting the national bicycle tourism conference so a lot different than this tourism conference here in sioux city the national bicycle tourism conference um basically a conglomeration of event directors as well as destinations and convention visitor bureaus that look forward to bringing cyclists into their community and uh, we've been involved as as ragbri was one of the the founding members of the organization back when it was called the National Bicycle Tour Directors Association. Um, But here we are 28, 29 years later, still going strong and um, really looking forward to getting down there. I know, Mark, you've been coming for for a number of years. You Mm -hmm. you sit on the board. Good organization. Yeah, we came. Here's a good story about this. Wes, uh, Wes, that used to work for you. He's now uh, Omaha. No, 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 no. He's now back in Virginia. He's moved on. Kidding. Yeah. Get with the times there, Mark. Come on. So Wes was on the board for the Bike Tour Directors Association. And you picked me up at at my house. I tweeted, I'm off to the Bike Tourism Conference. Wes is like knee deep in a board meeting for the same conference. He's like, well, that sounds like a lot more fun than what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and I think that was a little bit of the catalyst to start that discussion of how do we morph this into bike tourism. Yeah. And I think we've done a, a pretty good job of that. There's a lot more work to do because that's yeah. a big field. Yeah. And there's some great players in that. Adventure Cycling has been a partner. People for Bikes have been a partner. There's a lot of good people that uh, we've been working with on yeah. this. Well, the, the neat thing is you can basically look up on their website. If you want to do a ride, say, you know, on the Allegheny Trail in, mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania, um, you know, you can look on that website and, and plan a, a nice bike vacation. If you're looking to get outside the country, if you want to go to, you know, say China or, or Russia, you know, no, no Russia jokes here on, on this <laughs> podcast, but, but there, there are rides that are, that are international on that, on that website. So, you know, bike, bike, BikeTourNetwork.com is the website. Uh, just t- hundreds and hundreds of events out there that take a look at from, you know, events that are, you know, under $200 all the way up to events that are, or, or tours that are multiple thousands of dollars. Yeah, Joy Hancock from uh, Bike Florida spent some time in Russia. She could lead the Russia tour for us, couldn't yeah. she? Joyski, Joy. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I can't speak any Russian. I'm not even going to try. But yes, Joy spent uh, many a years over there. Yeah. And um, so she has some good Russian stories. So, and she speaks fluent Russian, I believe. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but she looks a little European too. She looks like she could be a racer still. So it'll be good to see Joy Joy down there in Florida, and yeah. that's her hometown now. She lives in Clearwater with her husband, and um, yep, doing real well. All right. What do we got on the show today? 
Well, um, we have an addition from Kathy Murphy. So now I've got a little bone to pick, Mark. Now the, the, the ladies of the show now have kind of nicknames for the show. So we've got an addition of morphology oh. followed up with a parrot talk. Mm. So we're just we're just vanilla here. We've got to maybe come up with a cool moniker like, you know, because um, they've got morphology and parrot talk. And we're just, what, what are we? I think we keep it as the Jesco Bike Happy Hour. Oh, the Jesco Bike Happy Hour. Okay, exactly. Well, I'm I'm kind of interested to hear what what they have to say today. So, uh, Parent Talk's always always informative, and 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 Kathy Murphy's been a nice addition to the show uh, lately. We we featured a few of her interviews. I'm sure nothing but greatness coming up on Murphology. Awesome. Let's get on with the show. Well, hello, Just Go Bike podcast listeners. This is Kathy Murphy, a.k.a. Murph. I'm here today with Miss Julie Peterson. Hello, Julie, and thanks for being on the podcast. Hi, Kathy. Always good to see you. A little background. I met Julie through the biking community in Cedar Rapids, and by chance, I learned she had suffered a stroke back in 2013. Now, Julie, she's a young athletic woman who I would never have guessed to have had a heart condition currently or in the past, but she does. So here's her survivor story. Now, Julie, how long have you had your heart condition? I've actually had um, a congenital heart defect since birth. Wow. And uh, didn't realize until high school that it was actually going to affect the rest of my life. So you were di- so you were told at some point as a kid that you had a heart condition? Or you knew, like your parents knew from when you were born? My parents knew uh, when I was born, I was born with a murmur. Um, you know the doctors knew that um, but at the time they said we're just gonna watch it uh, through the years and see what happens and then in um, when I was in high school uh, I actually had passed out just randomly passed out one day in class and so it started um, you know me going to a doctor and then going to the cardiologist and was actually diagnosed um, you know with with my condition so then in 2004 you ended up having to go under the knife I did I um, I had my aortic valve replaced wow. um, in 2004 I was 29 years old um, you know overall pretty healthy person um, I had been since high school I you know could not do the typical athletics um, that I had done my entire you know growing up I was in every sport there was I had a ball I played it, <laughs> um, so uh, I um, so was diagnosed. Then uh, they you know, did all the testing, realized that my aortic valve was misshaped. It ah. was born that way, and so uh, in 2004 they went in and actually replaced it with a titanium valve. Titanium? Yeah. You're like bionic. I am bionic <laughs> woman. <laughs> That's awesome. You probably don't even know that show, do you? I do. Oh, okay. I do. Okay, good. Yes. Good. <laughs> so, 2004, you have your open heart surgery, and did you feel like you were on the road to recovery? I did. Um, I was. I was really excited about it. Um, although it was a, it was a rough several months. Um, I was off work four months at the time. Wow. Um, and, uh, but I, I played racquetball competitively as a, a kid, and my goal was to play again. And I actually did. Within a year of my open heart surgery, 
I played in my first racquetball tournament wow. again. So that was kind of my goal and, and kind of my, you know, to aid and help me recover. Yeah. So then in 2013, you suffered a stroke. And at that point, were you in Iowa at that point? I was. Yeah. I I, was. For the listeners out there, Julie does have an accent, which means she's not an, a true hardcore <laughs> Iowan a, her whole life. But I'm a you transplant. Ca- you call Iowa home now. Yes, yes. I do. Yeah. Where, where are you from? Uh, originally southwest Kentucky. Ah, Kentucky. Okay. Just north of Nashville. Okay, excellent. Anyway. Back to the story. So in 2013, were you living in Iowa? Yes. And then you suffered a stroke. Mm-hmm. So what happened there? Do you remember? Uh, yes, I do. I was. Um, I had been for a run that morning. Went out for a run. It was super cold. Um, it was probably, I say super cold. It was 20 degrees. It was super <laughs> cold for me to be running outside. Sure. Um, it was about 20 degrees. I came inside from my run and tried to log on to my computer to log in my run. And at that point, I, I, I couldn't type oh. what I was trying, I couldn't type my password. And I thought, oh, I'm just cold, you know, my brain must not be working, lack of oxygen, sure. I didn't know. You, know sure. you make up every excuse in the world when you, um, when something like this is going on. And um, so, I, as any, you know, someone like this should do, you get in the shower, you, you keep going with degree, your day, you know, things, I, I tried to turn, um, you know, I tried to get my, my toothbrush off the toilet, you know, things just weren't working well, but I still thought, oh, I was just cold. And so then uh, got ready for work, went, let my dog out and went to call her back in. And that's where I noticed something was wrong like something was very wrong (laughs) Um, I was I called her name but what was coming out of my mouth was not what was the word the words it was it was um, and I could hear it happening yeah so I thought okay I'm still thinking I'm just cold Um, maybe it's a a complex migraine causes kind of the same symptoms Um, and I'd had them before and so I uh, went to got her in and started to work and I called my sister-in-law when I realized that I was um, in the wrong place I was on the other side of town than my office oh, was. so you actually drove and didn't yeah. know oh, yeah drove and to a wrong place so ended up I got to my office and when I walked in um, they got me help immediately oh, they great. realized because I was trying to talk to them and it, nothing it was my speech was heavily impacted. So you knew something was wrong, but at that point you still weren't connecting it to a stroke or a heart issue or anything. No. And I and would be the same way. I'd be like, it's 20 degrees. Of course and, I'm and freezing. And you make every excuse in the world sure. not to, uh, you know, it's, it's not a stroke. Yeah. So I, I try and preach the, you know, the stroke, the symptoms, the symptoms and don't do what I did. And, you know, I'm, I was, heavily involved in the American Heart Association, mm-hmm. I knew what a stroke was. Oh, wow. Yet I chose not to pay attention. Wow. So you're here today. I am. So you made today. it. How was your, how was your, or how was your recovery? Um, well, I was very, very fortunate. Um, my, none of my physic physically, I was fine. I was no issues, uh, which is kind of strange. Uh, but uh, mentally, uh, in my speech, I was in um, I was in speech therapy 
for four months wow. and went nearly every day for four months. Um, you know, it tapered off towards the end. I was off work for four months. Um, I could not be talking to you right now with music in the background and different things. Yeah. I would not be able to make words and make those happen. So um, I struggled a lot with concentration. Um, if anything was going on, I had trouble speaking. Yeah. Um, that was and my you were aware sentence. that of it w happening, right? Oh, very aware. Oh, wow, yeah. that's got to be frustrating. It was very frustrating because you can, you know, in your mind what you want to say, but you can't get them out your sure. mouth. Sure. And so it was very, very frustrating. Wow. <laughs> um, but with lots of really good therapy, there's yeah. um, some great speech therapists here in Cedar Rapids that were able to um, help me get um, back to to my new normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did not get rid of your accent, though. They did not. <laughs> that was probably intentional, right? right? You're like, do not <laughs> let all of Kentucky leave me. Right. <laughs> so how did you get into bicycling? Well, I... Um, or were you in bicycling? No, I wasn't. I had not ridden a bike. Um, I don't remember having a bike even as a kid. I had horses. Oh, okay. And so I didn't need a bike. Um, so when I got to Cedar Rapids, I met some friends and they were into bicycling and they said, you know what, you should probably try this. It's it's kind of fun. <laughs> and I, um, I'll never forget when I went to get my first bike here in Cedar Rapids, I wouldn't let anybody go with me to go try out a bike because I wasn't sure if I really knew how to ride a bike. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I met some friends and I got my first bike and, um, you know, got a hybrid with everybody saying, don't get a hybrid, you're going to want a road bike sure. because you're going to enjoy this. And three months later, I got a road you bike <laughs> and the rest is history. You haven't looked back, right? No, no. And you've been part of, you've done RAGBRAI, you've done other bicycling events. I have, I've, uh, this was my sixth year on to do RAGBRAI. Oh, nice. Row. Um, so, yeah, I, I do RAGBRAI. Um, I like social rides I like and there's plenty of that in yes. the state of Iowa yes yes it is yeah. and then I also like to just get on my bike and just go you know just me and myself and yeah all my crazy thoughts <laughs> <laughs> well how would you say uh, cycling has changed your life <laughs> well <laughs> uh, funny you should ask that uh, I am getting married in January and I met my future husband through cycling excellent so, um, and it helped through my recovery um, as well and that I could get on my bike, you know, I wasn't working, um, but physically I worked fine. Sure. Um, so I could get on my bike and I could go and relax and, and still do that today. Yeah. You have a bad day and just get on and just, you can just forget everything, turn your music on and just go. So a quick shout out to Greg. I call him G-Force. I don't know what you call him. <laughs> yeah, I call him Greg. Okay. <laughs> So shout out to Greg. <laughs> um, would you, any destinations you'd recommend in Iowa to go ride that maybe if people first time getting out there? Absolutely. I am a huge fan of the High Trestle Trail yes. and the Trestle Bridge. Yes. Um, I laugh and say that's, that's my happy place in the world <laughs> is there. If I can't be on a beach, I love that ride. And, and you know, whether we just... To Woodward, to the trail or to the bridge and back, or if we go all the way from Ankeny, Des Moines area to the bridge, I just I love that. It's so relaxing, and uh, 
I just really enjoy that. And it's beautiful any time of year because you go, you overlook that bridge, you know, whether it's the summer and everything's green or the fall or even the winter time when, you know, all the leaves are gone. It's still a beautiful place to ride your bike. Right. It is. Good. Well, um, you've been on RAGBRAI, so this question should be easy for you. We ask every person we interview, what's your favorite pie? Um, my very favorite pie that I have yet to find on RAGBRAI. Oh, so this is interesting. Is, if there is uh, someone that is cooking for RAGBRAI next year, or you think you might cook for RAGBRAI, if you could find some derby pie. Derby pie? It is so good. It's kind of like a um, pecan pie with some, um, it's got some caramel in it, it's got chocolate chips in it. Oh, it's whoa. fantastic. That's my favorite pie and I've yet to find it on Ragbri. Okay, Derby Pie, you've heard it here. <laughs> Maybe a TJ from Ragbri is listening and he can put, a, put the word out to all the church ladies. Oh, that'd be, that'd be on awesome. On the 2018 route, but yeah. you know what that means. I've gotta get up early enough to go. There may be Derby Pie at every stop and you're gonna <laughs> have to enjoy at least a bite. <laughs> be all right well julie thank you so much for being on the podcast it was really nice to hear your story and i'm so glad that you're a survivor well thank you very much you bet well i'll leave you with this quote from the unwritten book of morphology this quote comes from baker's byroad when you're over the hill you pick up speed think about it hi there and welcome to parrot talk this is andrea and let me tell you, I am flying high today because we released our 2018 RAGBRAI logo last Friday. And if you haven't seen it, first of all, stop the podcast right now, pause it, go to facebook.com slash RAGBRAI and check out the video, or you can go to RAGBRAI.com and it's right there at the top of our blog. Um, okay. All right. So now I'm going to assume that everyone has seen it and it's a bald eagle. I'm so excited because... This ends my campaign for years to try to get a bird-themed logo for Ragbri. Now, there was a weather f- weather vane logo with a rooster on the top of, like, a barn, um, but that was before my time, so I wasn't involved with that logo. I did enjoy it while I was a cyclist, but it wasn't... I wasn't on the team that helped decide the logo that year. So, anyway, I'm psyched. Um, we started planning this logo in June. Um, we just sort of start perking our ears up and thinking of what kind of imagery would represent RAGBRAI cycling Iowa at its best um, and not repeat anything we've done in the past. And you have to remember this is our 46th year now. That's a lot of logos. And granted, in the beginning, RAGBRAI logos were more, um, I don't know, representational of just like bikes and bikes on hills or bikes on the flat road or, you know, bikes in a cornfield. Um, and so we've gotten a little bit more um, iconic as the years have gone on. And I don't mean that like in a bragging way. I mean, like it's an icon, like it's a piece of corn. It is a tractor. It is something that you can identify with Iowa. You see it, you think Iowa, you think biking in Iowa, you think, what is it like to ride my bike in the middle of summer in Iowa and just the glory of RAGBRAI? Um, so anyway, TJ, our director and myself, Obviously, you know TJ. Okay. Anyway, TJ and myself start thinking of different logo ideas and with the help of our amazing graphic designer, Suzanne Milosevic. Um, and we just start brainstorming, brainstorming. And we don't finalize anything until after the ride because a lot of times our best inspiration comes from obviously the ride itself. So, you know, 
when you're out there. I don't ride, but I'm out there with the, all the people and all the bikes and all the friends and all the stuff. Um, so it kind of helps to just really get you in the spirit of things and thinking, where do you want to take this next year? Um, so then once we're back in the office after the ride's over, we really start finalizing things, gelling things together. You know, we always come up with, I don't know, five or six different options of what we think we could make the logo into. And, you know, obviously only one can make the cut, although things have resurfaced from year to year. Um, the riverboat that we did for 2017 popped up in a couple of our conversations throughout the past years, and it just happened to be the right time last year to do it. So this year, um, we went with the Eagle. Why did we go with the Eagle? Um, you know, it just, it, for me, it really represents Iowa because it's on our state flag. I mean, and I love our state flag. It's so cool how it's like got the three red, white, and blue colors in the background and then this big old awesome hardcore eagle right in the middle showing our, you know, strength, dignity, attitude. I don't know what kind of ways you would describe an eagle, but it's kind of hardcore. Um, and just pers- uh, represents awesomeness, I guess. Maybe I'd say it that way. Um we had one we've only had one real complaint about the logo so far and it's that we're too political that was not our intent um we just really love eagles um we really have you ever seen an eagle fly a bald eagle flying above you i mean it's kind of intimidating i mean they're awesome and it really represents that spirit of how hard you have to work to complete at ragbri i mean you train and it gets easier by training and like not every day is super grueling and hard but like you have to have some grit to finish an entire rag bra. You have to have some determination and um, mental fortitude, you know? So like, I think the eagle kind of shows that, but it's not afraid to have fun, you know? An eagle can have a good time too. Um, we at the rag bra staff, we love watching the Decora Eagle Cam. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but just Google it. You'll see it's basically a camera pointed onto a pair of eagles' nest while the eagles are, the baby eagles are, laid into eggs and hatched and raised up and then fly off onto their own. And some of the babies, I believe they now have cameras on their nests as well because eagles will nest in the same location year to year. But we love watching those eagles um, from start to finish um, just mainly because they're so cool. I mean, these birds are huge. Have you ever seen, I mean, up close an eagle, their wingspan is six feet, maybe more. I mean, that's a very large bird. That's a lot of eagle right there. Um, I personally would probably not get very close to an eagle's nest, even if I could climb a tree that fa- far up in the sky. I mean, that thing could peck your eye out fast. And I like large birds. I mean, we had a cockatoo growing up, and I was not scared of that bird, but I would be freaking scared of an eagle. I've seen one of them snatch a fish out of the water. Um, anyway, I digress. So anyway, we just love eagles. Um, I'm so excited that this is going to represent us for the rest of the year. It kind of marks the turning point, the flip of the calendar page for us on the Rack by staff for now, 2017 is over for me. I am all 2018. I'm going to be writing 2018 on literally everything I put a date on from now until next September, maybe next October, depends. Um, so it's really cool to turn the page and start thinking about next year's ride. Uh, what's it going to be like? How are we going to make it the most fun rag bright ever, which, you know, every year is the most fun rag bright ever. Uh, so, um, I should also say 
So the logo was designed by Suzanne Milosevic, who is amazing and does a lot of our graphic design work. Um, But then the video that accompanies the logo release, which is really cool, and like I said, it was on our Facebook page. Um, But go check that out. It's done by uh, Madison Stegman, who is Suzanne's daughter, and also our merchandising intern, who has worked with us for a long time, like four or five years now, and she is just the bomb. So um, shout out to Madtown. Love you, girl. Um, It was she did such a cool job. Um, and, you know, if you see her in the merchandise trailers on the ride, give her a shout out because she's kicking butt. She's in school for doing video design now, and she'll be definitely doing some more of our videos in the future. Um, I have also prepared um, a small line of merchandise to go with the 2018 logo release. So that's available on ragbrycom slash shop. So, you know, if you, you're interested in repping the logo, repping the look while you're training and getting ready for the ride, that's available there, and I'll be putting out some more stuff as we get closer to the holiday season and closer to the route announcement party. Um, other big dates that are coming up on our calendar include uh, registration opening on November 15th. Always a fun time. Um, just to try and get people excited about signing up for VAGBRAI and let's do this thing. Um, you know, it's an open registration until April 1st, so you don't. Ha- it's not first come, first serve. It's a lottery system. So you don't necessarily have to sign up early, but you know if you're already on our site, you're already thinking about it, you might as well just sign up so you don't forget. Because after April 1st, it becomes more difficult to register as a week-long writer. So, I mean, it's possible, it's obviously possible, but you can't do it online after that point. Um, you'd have to register with seven week-long, week, seven day pass wristbands. Anyway, so all that information is explained a lot more clearly on our website if you wanna look at that. Um, but so registration opens November 15th, um, kind of a fun day to start getting, you know, it's the middle, middle of fall. You're thinking about, oh man, the winter's coming up. This sucks. Biking is going down, you know, not getting outside as much. Oh, let me think about the summertime. Yes, I will sign up for RAGPRI. That's how I always did it anyway. So then after that, we have our route announcement on January 27th here in Des Moines. Um, and that's going to be an a fun field day where we're going to have the Iowa Bike Expo, and I'll be there all day at the Expo um, just talking RAGBRAI, so that'll be fun. I always love that. Um, and then in the evening, we'll have our big party where we announce the route. Um, there has been some speculation that there are route hints in the logo this year. Um, I cannot confirm or deny that because I have no clue what the route is going to be le- this year, or 2018, okay? Um, you know, they don't tell me that. You know why? Because I would blab. I would 100%, even if I didn't explicitly say, hey, you know what? I knew, I know that the route is going to end in Lansing this year. Uh, you would be able to read my face. I mean, you can read me like a book. So um, wisely, TJ and Scott have elected to not tell me what the route is. And I don't want to know, frankly. Um, I'll find out in January and because it's more fun to have a surprise. You know, it's more fun to build up and wonder what it's going to be. I always prepare my own like speculative, speculative route to try to guess what it might be. Um, and I am hundred percent always wrong, but sometimes I get a couple of towns and that's kind of fun to be right about that kind of stuff. Um, and we will have a contest for guessing the route, but we'll, we can talk about that later. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty excited. So if there are hints to the route, I mean, you tell me because I have no clue. Um, and I love a good conspiracy theory. So that'd be kind of cool. Um, and we'll see if you're right in January. So that's about all I have today to talk about. Um, I'd love to hear your questions about biking or bike culture or anything else you want me to talk about. I mean, I'll talk about eagles too, if you want to talk about that. Um, specifically, bald eagles are my favorite, but I like, 
I mean, I don't discriminate against the eagle. Um, they're kind of like our North American counterparts to the parrot. So anyway, um, you can get a hold of me at Just Go Bike, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Or you can email us at JustGoBikePodcast at gmail.com. And I love squawking with you. Okay, we've come to the conclusion of another edition of the Just Go Bike Happy Hour. I mean, the Just Go Bike Podcast. We are here live in Sioux City, Iowa for the I. For the Iowa Tourism Conference, and we just happen to do the podcast live from uh-huh. the Stony Creek Inn Pub, um, part of the Stony Creek Inn, right across from where they're having this conference. So, if you hear some background noises, nothing's going on there. There's no clinking of, of glasses or anything like that going on, or, <laughs> or 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 happy smiles or anything like that. Hey, this show's made possible by one of the people that's going to be at the tourism conference, Think Iowa City, and its curious surrounding communities. Uh, bikes to you. I just had uh, dinner with Craig and April the other day, and, and uh, they've got a wonderful story about the CNO Canal. So if you if you go over to Bikes to You, I'm sure you can hear about it. And Primalware, uh, I think they're going to be joining us in Florida here soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, you know, make sure you tune in each and every week to the Just Go Bike podcast. You can find our our show notes at justgobike.net. But you can also tune in on, you know, by subscribing on Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, any of those. iTunes, they'll all work for you. So, Mark, any words of wisdom to leave us with this week? Yeah, I got a good one. If you're worried about falling off the bike, you'd never get on. Lance Armstrong, your mm. friend, former guest on this show. It's a pretty good quote. Yeah. Just go by. for listening let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review they really help us out a lot and help others find the show for more information check out justgobike.net the show's theme song was written produced and performed by ryan steer